Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some malicious compliance. If you'd like to skip the initial waffle, timestamps are in the description and along a timeline below. But if you are new here, please consider hitting that like, that subscribe, and maybe that notification bell too, as it all massively helps out our channel. And with that being said, let's just get straight involved with today's stories. Much love, guys. Now this first story comes from Magic Pretend Account. Angry boss tries to pick a fight with the US Army. So this all happened in the last few weeks. For reference, I'm a battalion level officer in the Army Reserve. While I was getting my masters, I took an overnight gig doing unimportant things. Mostly my coworkers are nine to 22 year olds in college or just out of high school. Pay was good and I could focus on my studies all night. I graduated with my masters in 2018, but job market for my field in my area was hard for a while. I had a good relationship with the owner of the company and the pay was really good. Plus the army has me working in my field, so I just decided to stay. Fast forward to six months ago and I've been here for four years now. Every manager or supervisor has nothing but praise for me and I've made zero mistakes that cost the company any money or time. New boss good guy, flexible, works with people to get people's schedules they want, but over time, personal issues or something get in his head. I suspect he doesn't like struggling to schedule around my military duties, but who knows? He starts name-calling, being condescending, or ranting and raving at me for unclear reasons every time he sees me. He wants things cleaned up, but is never able to quite articulate what that means, and my attempts never satisfy him. One time he ranted at me for sweeping wrong, another time for calling him when nobody showed up to relieve me for an hour past my shift, and the guys on schedule said they were told they didn't need to come in. When he does manage to give a specific instruction, he'll show up the next day and rant and rave and yell that I didn't do it before he told me. While now my comfortable, well-paying job is no longer peaceful and I have better things to do than listen to a man-child be angry at the world every day. So hop on indeed and apply for a couple of jobs in my field. By now I have the masters and six years experience doing it in the army. So I land some interviews and within a few weeks I get an offer for double my salary. Soon after, as I'm still working on the onboarding process for the new company, he becomes enraged that a garbage can is dirty. I shit you not, a garbage can is dirty. I listen to him rant and name call and all that fun stuff. And the next day I roll my eyes and wash the garbage can. He responds by yelling at me some more because I didn't wash it before being told to. Called me some names, then threatened to fire me. So I shrugged and wrote up my two-week notice and handed it to him the next day. Turned out that threat was a bluff. He is now very short-staffed and he blew up again. Yawn. The next day though, I noticed something peculiar on our work app. My time off request, filed months ago for upcoming military orders, had been denied. I laughed it off because obviously that's a misclick on his part, but uh, nope. I come in for work again and he very smugly informs me that I'll be working through the whole next week. Uh, I have military obligations. 
I don't care. I denied your time off request. Then I said, I have orders from the military. I can't be here. Nope, I denied it. I said, uh, you can't do that. Yes, I can. This is what you get for not respecting me and acting like a child. I'm denying your time off request, so figure it out. Can I have in writing that you're denying me unpaid time off for military duty? Ladies and gentlemen, if I asked for something in writing, a smart man would stop and reconsider. A smart man actually would have realized well before talking to me that trying to tell an army battalion that they can't have one of their captains because a 35-year-old civilian middle manager is being petty is a really dumb idea and is in fact illegal. But my boss is not a smart man. Maybe he once was, but he is now angry, vengeful, petty man that, at this point, believes he has won a mighty victory over his enemy. So he puts it in writing and then walks off with a confident swagger, shouting over his shoulder, figure it out, if you insist. So after my shift, I wait for our main office to open and I call the company's owner for the first time since this new boss started. Friendly chat and then I tell him I'm calling just to warn him that his manager is trying to pick a fight with the DOD and that I wanted to call and let him know and get it resolved unofficially. Owner thanked me for calling him, assured me that I would of course have those days off and asked me what perceptions were of the new boss. I gave him my opinion that he was once great but has turned into the most toxic, abusive person I've ever worked for. We wished each other well and then hung up. I don't know what happened next, but I suspect the owner politely and calmly informed him that small businesses don't like their managers picking fights with federal government because when my new schedule came out, I had my drill days off and my boss avoided me after that. I'm taking a vacation after drill, then starting my new job as an expert in my field on Memorial Day, working autonomously with clients and he will remain there, angry, frustrated and stressed. I figured it out, boss man. And we'll start off with Knight MGR saying there was a TV show about gate agents for SW Airlines and the fits people have for various reasons. But one of my favorite scenes was an overbooking event. This gate attendant was telling this guy she was bumping him from the flight and he said, you can't do that, I'm, and she cut him off. She then started arranging luggage transfers, who would fly where, getting him another flight, getting another family set up and a couple of minutes of orders, sending people out to do all sorts of stuff. When she finally stopped, he pulled out some paperwork and again started in, no, I mean you can't bump me because I'm military and traveling under orders. I've never served, but apparently they legally can't bump you if you're traveling under orders. Her shoulders sagged and she got on the radio and started undoing all she had been doing and arranging everything to get him back on that flight. Wow, I didn't know like military had all these sort of things going on in the background, like like flights are prioritized for them as well. Let me know if some other things that people may not know about and you might that military can do like in normal civilian life kind of thing, if that makes sense. And 530 Old School Geek says, how I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when the owner had that polite and calm meeting with this anal haberdasher of a manager. <laughs> And we have one more from Yakastovian saying, Before I took a job with the federal government, I too had occasional trouble with my civilian employer about scheduling drill weekends. Oddly, it was rarely for me, but for people in my unit at the same employer. A quick check with HR about Yusera, I may have got that totally wrong, to these managers was normally enough to suffice. Wow, and now let's move on to the next story. And this next story comes from a name I can't pronounce, Basketball Scrooge. For months, every time I visit my friend in a rather nice neighborhood, I've seen this car on an empty street with a basketball hoop in the trunk. 
I mean the hoop is mounted in the trunk, trunk lid removed and is standing vertically at regulation height. Yesterday, I finally asked him the story. A local dad had put up a basketball hoop on the street. It's an undeveloped dead end street, so his kids could shoot some hoops safely since there was zero traffic on this road. At the end of the dead end is a fence bordering a trailer park. The man in the trailer on the other side of the fence reported it and the police had to get the dad to take it down. Annoyed that this guy was preventing his kids from playing basketball, the dad bought a car for a few hundred dollars and had the shop down the road weld in the basketball hoop into the trunk. There aren't any parking rules for that street, except the vehicle can't remain in one place for more than 14 days. So every 14 days, the dad moves the car to the other side of the street. Many folks in the neighborhood now come to shoot hoops nightly. The police have left a handful of towing notices on the car, but have since stopped responding to complaints about its presence. So it seems the basketball car is here to stay. Photos of the hoop. <laughs> and edit this blew up and edit two car still runs barely and there's a mechanic gas station across the street if needed that is probably one of the best fu's i've seen on this subreddit so far but there was a lot of talk in the comments about a guy called dapper dan and his story and it's an old story from a couple of years ago but i haven't seen it so we're going to read that next so this story is from danish protest pig and it's dapper dan fails to think things through not sure if this is malicious compliance or petty revenge. I graduated uni a few years back and immediately started looking for a job in my chosen field. Marketing. Marketing entry-level roles were thin on the ground, so when I found a role which was hybrid of marketing with sales support, I took it. The company was a medium-sized business which specialized in recruitment, contractor hiring, and headhunting. They also subcontracted work for a recruitment technology provider, which matched perfectly with one of my other passions, technology. I absolutely loved the role. I got to do all parts of the marketing and sales lifecycle. I got to work with suppliers, event organizers, clients, staff all across the company, meet new people and do really exciting things. I had two managers, the one who managed the sales team and the one who managed marketing. The marketing manager was a kindred spirit. The sales manager was old school sales, an arrogant and headstrong late 40s man who lived making deals and boasting about them. Shiny shoed, silver tongued, I'll call him Dapper Dan. We were not friends. <laughs> For about 18 months, things went swimmingly. I'd do marketing half the time, then divide the rest of the time between sales support and billable work. Billable was building custom careers slash job sites to host recruitment system front end. A steep learning curve, but with the help of some web dev friends, I got pretty familiar with simple site builds. Being tech aligned meant I was always looking digital first, bringing the company into the age of social media, SEO slash SEM, website optimization and multi-channel marketing. Dapper Dan sneered at such things. He saw digital as a waste of money. However, we were always able to justify the spend on digital by offsetting the billable website work. The marketing manager eventually moved on to bigger and better things. Rather than promote me or hiring in replacement, the company moved the marketing responsibilities to Dapper Dan. Dapper Dan's changes were immediate and far reaching. He removed the digital budget. He required that 50% of my time would be sales support to better enable the sales team. He incorporated the billable work into his own team's revenue. He rewrote my annual objectives to align purely with sales targets rather than marketing. When I voiced my objections, he took me aside for a friendly chat and told me if I didn't like it, I could always leave. 
Naturally, I went and complained extensively to the departed marketing manager over drinks. After listening sympathetically for 45 minutes, she held up her hand, said stop, and shared some life advice. Each job pays you twice. You get your money now, that's your wage. You also get experience now. That's how you get paid in the future. So are you still getting paid? Yes. Are you still learning? No. Figure out how to keep learning or leave. Taking the advice to heart, I busted my ass for the next year. I worked on digital outside of office hours. I made friends with a tech provider support and dev teams. I went to developer group meetups and attended conferences, studied for and acquired industry qualifications. I joined the National Marketers and Digital Marketers group. I dug through blogs, articles, emailed people, took every opportunity to cross-skill, upskill to learn. And I sat with a smile on my face in the sales meetings as Dapper Dan delegated dumb do work to me so his team of sycophants could make the company's growth figures look spectacular. Spectacular they were, to the point that the company was acquired and Dapper Dan betrayed me. You see, managers have the discretion to assign a pool of shares to high-performing staff. The shares have no real value and can't be traded, but in the event of management buyout, they would suddenly have value, and quite a lot of value. Dapper Dan felt it appropriate to reward every salesperson in his team with a generous parcel of shares. As a support person, I would not be the beneficiary of such kindness. I had a verbal agreement with the previous marketing manager that the pool would be shared across the entire team, so was pretty shocked to discover I'd been excluded from the pool. I queried him on it, per the previous agreement, and he said verbatim, well, a verbal agreement is only worth the paper it's written on. You don't make any sales, you haven't built the business, you don't get a cut. If you don't like it, he reiterated, you're welcome to leave. This is exactly what I decided to do, except I didn't tell him. The way the contract handover works in this instance is that the staff all cease employment with company X on one day. The following day, they commence employment with company Y. Annual leave is paid out and begins to re-accrue at the new employer. Other arrangements, salaries, long service leave, and length of service may be transferred to the new employer. About six weeks before the handover, Dapper Dan passed me my new contract. I waited a week, came back with some enthusiastic queries on the new benefits, which took him two weeks to follow up. I quietly registered a domain name and parked it, then spun up a WordPress instance and started building a personal blog. Three weeks away from the drop date, everyone's frantically running around getting all the deals as close as possible to closing and employment contracts are the last thing on his mind. I go back to him, I tell him I have a couple more things I need to check out and I'll email them through before I sign it. I spend a few more nights throwing together a bunch of blog articles relating to recruitment technology, how-to articles, that kind of stuff, many of my own installation notes. A week passes, I fire off a couple of really complex questions around the transfer of benefits. He obviously forgets about them, then in a week of the handover, catches heat from the HR team about the outstanding contract and pulls me into a meeting room to berate me about not having signed the new contract. I explain I'm waiting on his feedback on those specific points before I'll commit, then I don't want to be disadvantaged moving into the new role. Call out the lack of a share option as an example. Clearly frustrated, he drops the words I've been waiting for. If the signed contract is not on my desk on Friday, don't bother coming into the office Monday. He paused for dramatic effect and reiterated, I mean it, you won't have a job. I replied that I completely understand and that I have everything he needs on his desk by close of business Friday. On Friday afternoon, Dapper Dan leaves the office early to attend his normal client networking visits, which typically involve long lunches and alcohol. 
At 4.45pm, I save the final set of forecasting and reporting to the share drive. Send an email to the IT team, passing over access to marketing LastPass account, which contains a global database of usernames and passwords for all digital assets, including client sites, an Excel workbook containing my reporting macros and the location of all my documentation. I redirect my phone to Dapper Dan's desk number, lock my laptop and leave it on his desk along with my ID card. Over the weekend, I push my personal website live and add my contact details to my LinkedIn profile, switching it to actively searching mode. I figured my holiday pay will cover me for a couple of weeks of downtime before I have to go diving back into the workforce. On Monday, I'm enjoying a long walk in the spring sunshine with my dog, who's incredibly happy that his human has not disappeared down the driveway at 7.20 per normal. We stop for coffee at the local cafe, and my phone begins to ring. It's one of the sales drones at the old company. I ignore it and thoroughly enjoy the freedom of being able to amble through a park without anywhere to be. The phone buzzes another 8 or 10 times by the time I get home. The poop as well and truly hit the windmill. I check my voicemails, ignoring those I know from my previous employer and returning the phone calls of two ex-clients to let them know that my contract has ended and to check with Dapper Dan for work in progress. I contact the technology provider for support requests. Shortly afterwards, I got a call from my bemused contact who works at technology providers who's been fielding calls that I'd normally handle. He listens with increasing interest as I explain the situation and tells me he'd call back shortly. 10 minutes later, he's back with a head of product on the line, asking me about my lunch preferences. She arranges to meet me at a nearby Thai place. Over a delicious red duck curry, she cheerfully describes the wonders of Korea as a contractor. She also mentions the day rates for highly qualified industry certified staff. Mentioned that tech provider were really struggling to find such staff and gives me the number of a recruiter who may or may not have been on tech supplier's preferred supplier list. I call the recruiter on the way home. Meanwhile, my collection of voicemails from Dapper Dan was growing by the hour as he came to grips with the breadth of the problem that he generated. At some point in the late afternoon, HR must have clicked what had happened and I received a polite SMS from the personal number of the regional HR directory, asking if I was available for a quick chat. I call through and discuss the options presented to me by Dapper Dan on Friday and that I felt I had no option but to follow his instructions. They probed for more information and it became apparent they were unaware that Dapper Dan had pulled an ultimatum without first engaging HR. They then informed me that to benefit from the sale of my shares, I would need to transfer to the new company and remain in their employment for a full year. When I explained that I had no such share options, there was a full four second silence. It transpires that this too was not adequately communicated to HR. I mentioned that I'd appreciate if Dapper Dan could discontinue his voicemails to me as I found them unprofessional and had no intent of recommencing employment under his management. We ended the call politely. I wished them all the best and regretted the conversation had happened under such circumstances. My contract for tech provider came through via the PSL agency at 11pm that evening and was signed and returned the following day. I was deployed to client site that Wednesday. Post departure, I met up with one of the old IT team at a conference three months after it all went down. He was ecstatic to fill me in on what had happened. The first notice anyone got of it was the service desk asking who they could route my LastPass account to and why I'd be passing it around. One of the techs came up to my floor to find me, then found an empty desk, asked around for where I'd moved to and no one knew. That was the first call from one of the sales drones trying to locate me. 
the tech went to Dapper Dan's desk and found my laptop with ID and post-it note taped to it. He put two and two together, went back downstairs and checked the access logs and realized the last time I'd logged in was Friday. He then locked my account for security purposes and went to HR to check if there was a lever form. HR checks, no lever form and a great big red cross next to employment contract received. HR calls Dapper Dan, who's not in the office. Dapper Dan says, no, contract should be on my desk. It was on there on Friday. I'm out on the road at the moment. Give me till lunchtime and I'll sort it out. Obviously thinking that I'm grandstanding, starts to call me and leave messages, then gets progressively agitated as he realizes I'm not coming back. When he gets into the office, he can't find the contract either. So he goes to HR and explains what has happened. Says I've been stonewalling them and it's cool. Here, get it sorted. It's between me and him. HR says, uh, no, this is our thing now. The HRD sends me the SMS. Shortly after my phone conversation, the HRD walks into a sales meeting and very abruptly pulls Dapper Dan out. They disappear into a meeting room where it may only be assumed that Dapper Dan was required to spell out exactly what had occurred and address the comments that I had made. I suspect he came completely clean at this stage. Dapper Dan was subsequently reamed as only HR and senior management could ream a manager who's fucked up. He was demoted, decoupled from marketing, his budget reduced by half and a new separate marketing function created. His team were collectively put under review and forced to carry out their own reporting, tracking and metrics, which lacked the coherence and consistency that I've been able to deliver. This reduced the capacity of the team. A couple of them left and they missed out on some key deals. In the fallout, they completely dropped the ball on the client website builds. They went to market to try and find out a resource who could fulfill these builds and Dapper Down was reportedly astounded to discover that experienced technical marketing staff are both hard to find and expensive to recruit. They were unable to fill the role and the builds were taken back in-house by the tech provider who now had an experienced resource to deploy, me. I ended up working on three of these at full utilization rate, which was paid by the new company. I'm pretty sure Dapper Dan would have seen the full funding arrangements for these and would have known my day rate, which is substantially higher than his. Much later, as the sales lead, Dapper Dan had to bear the displeasure of his superiors for the full 12 months before he could claim his share payout. It would have been a really, really shitty 12 months for him. He resigned within two weeks of the anniversary of the purchase and the company enforced a six month notice period and another 12 month no compete clause. Any benefit he would have received from the share payout would have been consumed over that 12 months unless he switched industries or moved cities. Last time I saw, he was on the job market. As for me, happily living the life of the contractor. I get paid for the hours I work and I work the hours I want. My old marketing manager is now VP of something at a large multinational. I've used her speech several times when giving young, frustrated staff career advice. And we're finished with that quote one more time. Each job pays you twice. You get your money now, that's your wage. You also get experience now. That's how you get paid in the future. Wow, <laughs> that was an absolutely long one, but I gotta say, I really did enjoy it. Lots of little details in there that I really did enjoy. But what did you guys make of today's malicious compliance and stories? Did you enjoy them? Let me know your comments below if you choose to do so, but as always, never any pressure to do so. Thank you so much for your time out of your day. Spending 20 minutes with, with the channel is absolutely amazing and I can never thank you enough for what you do. If you want to support the channel further, you absolutely can by clicking that join button down below for YouTube or clicking the link in the description for Patreon and joining up there. Once again, guys, thank you for your love, support and time and I will see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love.
got food up in the fridge. Y'all keep looking for that new wife. I think I like it how it is. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 